Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Tis the season to look back, reflect on the year gone, and plan for the one coming. As the team was reflecting over past episodes, we wanted to go back and share our very first Christmas show again with you. It's full of such rich content that will help you end the decade well and prepare for the next. So without further ado, let's listen in to Tis the Season. Today I have a special gift for you, and being that we're releasing this around the holiday season, this is the gift I give myself every year. I would say of one discipline I've had for the past 30 years is I take the break between a little bit before Christmas and a little bit after New Year's, and I do three different things that I'm going to talk to you about today. I reflect, I reorganize, and I reload. And I've done that throughout my career, and it has served me extremely well so that I can properly put in perspective the year I just lived, uh, what went well, what I learned, and then ultimately helps me to retool and reload so I come out uh, the start of the new year, guns a-blazing, as we say. I also do this for my company for the past 20 years. I uh, give hundreds of staff at Buffini Company a big old break, which is very common in Ireland where we come from, but not so common in America. So I tell folks that work for me, you don't have to believe what I believe, but you should be very happy that I believe what I believe because uh, I'm celebrating Christmas, and because of that, y'all get a couple of weeks off. So they all tend to really be happy that I believe what I believe. What can you say? So I'm going to give y'all a gift today. This is my Christmas gift to you guys. It's been very, very helpful for me in my life. It's certainly helped with the mindset and the motivation and the methodologies for my own success. So I have three points to cover with you today, which is very common for me. Uh, The fact that they're all start with the same letter is just uh, helpful to remember it. And so number one is we're going to talk about reflect. Number two, we're going to reorganize. And number three, we are going to reload. So let's talk about reflection. I think it's very important, first of all, that you don't forget where you've come from, both in the long term and in the short term. I heard a quote years ago that says, the days are long and the years are short. And I absolutely see that with my own family. Got six kids, very active, pursuing their life. And it's amazing how time flies by. I was talking to my daughter the other night and we went over to Ireland and we were in London. And we were gone for almost three, four weeks in the summer. And when I was talking to her, she thought it was last year. Now, what was wild is when I was talking to her mother, she for a second thought it was last year too. You know what? The days are long and the years are short. And it's very, very important to not forget. James Baldwin, famous uh, author, playwright, groundbreaking African-American gentleman, way ahead of his time but he had a great quote he said if you know from whence you came there are absolutely no limitations to where you can go it's very very important that you take stock and so don't forget where you've come from this year and also savor what you've achieved this year what have you achieved this year and so whether it be achievements whether it be events whether it be memories what happened this year now the beauty of the world we live in today with our smartphones, we all tend to be taking photographs. And so uh, my daughter, Anna, who's our oldest daughter, she's kind of had the task for the last six or seven years that she kind of puts a year-end video together that we all watch on Christmas morning. That's kind of our deal. She puts a little music to it. 
And it's always amazing. And this year particularly, it just seems like the speed of life has picked up so much in our world and our culture. Our life is very busy, as you can imagine. And so what she does is she goes to everybody's phones and she downloads the photographs and videos. And we then, uh, you know, she and I sit down and we try to make sure we think of some of the major highlights. It's amazing how you can have remarkable things take place. And so I think it's very important to take stock of what's happened in a given year because it breaks the perpetual nature of our life, the perpetual nature of our media and social media. And it just, it's just it's this treadmill that goes on and on and on and on. And when you talk about the rat race, well, this is kind of calling a timeout. And even if you don't have a big old Christmas break yourself, but you, I'm sure you have a weekend or an evening, this is a fantastic, very important exercise to sit down and just kind of commemorate what it is that's happened this year and start with the good achievements, events, memories. What were the things that made this year special? And all of a sudden, it kind of makes life worth living. It makes it more valuable. It makes it more tangible. And you really can see through beyond what you're feeling or how tired you are or what your energy levels are. You know, for many people, the holiday season is a time that people get depressed. I believe if people took stock of what they actually achieved, what their memories were and the events that took place in their life on any given year, for the most part, people would look back and go, you know what, no matter what happened, or there was, might have been a very bad thing or a death in the family or something tragic, there's still things to be thankful for. There'd still be some great things that took place. And then the third part of that would then be, what do you need to improve on for next year? So as you reflect... It's important to do that. So I'll give you a little tip on how we organize Buffini & Company. We have 14 departments at Buffini & Company. And what we will do on a regular basis is get together and review with the team. And each department reviews. And what we do is we'll have these meetings. We go, okay, we start off and we just say, what's working well? And we'll throw up everything on a flip chart and big, giant, sticky notes, stick them on a the wall. Then we'll say, what needs improvement? So the people at the grassroots are giving us their feedback. And then lastly, what are your ideas? So it's not just a complaint session, but it's like, what's working well? What needs improvement? What are your ideas? Well, that's kind of the same type of flavor here, although we also want to get our achievements down so that we can say, you know what? It was a heck of a year. It was tough. It was hard. It was this. It was that. But at the end of the year, you know what? And if you do this exercise, if you'll take the time to do it, what it will do is memorialize the year, make the year more valuable, create an intense, more intense sense of pleasure over what the year entailed, and then lastly, it'll set you up for success for the following year. So that's about reflection. Next, we want to reorganize. And I always find during the course of the year that, man, all of a sudden there's papers I'm hanging on to or things I'm hanging on to, and I'm not much of a pack rat. I'm kind of a clean desk type of fella. But I will say to you, I go through the files, I go through the paperwork, and it's amazing. I was looking at my office this morning and, and I was preparing for this broadcast, and here's some piles of books that are stacked up and things, gifts that people gave me and things for me to do and so on and so forth. And it's kind of stacked up in my office. It's like, I like to take the over the holiday break and kind of get organized. And so the first thing to reorganize is your priorities. The late Stephen Covey would say the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. I find as a company that when we're off kilter and people are getting burned out or fried, is that because they're treating everything as if it's a number one priority, and it's not. 
it's very important that my wife and I were going to go away here for a weekend in a couple of days, and we will sit down and we will do our own version of what's working well and what needs improvement. And one of the things we will constantly come back to is retooling our priorities because we have athletic kids. They're very um, successful in what they do. And we have colleges calling. We have people saying, we want this. Hey, we have teams calling. Can you guys play that? Oh, my gosh, you guys did great here. Can you help us here? Can you get involved here? And everybody's got an idea of what our schedule should look like. And we like doing all these things. But it's like, what do we really want? What do we really value? What's really important to us? And so reorganize and start with your priorities because you'll find that your schedule during the course of the year crept and drifted away from what are your core priorities. And that's ultimately where frustration starts to build. So reorganize, start with your priorities. Second, reorganize your space, your workspace, your home space. I will say, clutter is a big deal. H.G. Chassel used to say, clutter is a physical manifestation of fear that cripples our ability to grow. A lot of times, that clutter, even though, you, hey, I know where everything is and whatever else, a lot of times what it can do is create a sense of overwhelm. And when you have this physical sense of clutter in your environment, in your physical space, it makes you less open to take on new opportunities. It makes you less open to engage in new ideas. And the reason being is I have this sense of overwhelm. In fact, psychologists have proven over the years that the people with the messiest space are usually often as many times perfectionists. And if I can't have it all perfect and have all the paper clips lined up and have everything exactly the way it should be, that the overwhelm actually turns into this monstrous pile of papers and whatever else. So organize your space. And so three little tips that I got from my mentor in this subject, Dr. Alex Lackey used to say, toss it, shred it, or store it. Bottom line is every piece of paperwork that you have, everything that's in your space, you, you pick it up and you go, you either toss it, you either shred it, or you store it. Maybe uh, for Christmas this year, you ask your family to get you a shredder. Not a bad thing to get going. Verna Gibson said uh, she was a retail tycoon, and she had a quote that very much helped me early on in my career. She said, early in my career, I felt that organization would destroy my creativity whereas now I feel the opposite. Discipline is the concrete that allows you to be creative. I used to not like rehearsing, for example, when we did our events, because I wanted to be very authentic and very sincere. And so I never wanted to rehearse anything. When I found that I rehearsed is that I actually found that I could be even more spontaneous, more creative, because I honored the audience with my preparation. And so... That's about when you get reorganized, you're going to reorganize your priorities. The second thing you want to do is reorganize your space. It'll allow you to be more creative. And then lastly, what you want to do is reorganize your focus. So as you go through this year and you're analyzing what you're doing and how you're doing it, again, it's easy to drift. It's easy to get off track. And it's easy not only for your desk to become cluttered or your space to become cluttered, but it's easy for your mind to become cluttered. And it's very, very important as you go through this process of reorganization that you reorganize your focus back on your priorities, back on the tasks that are most important to achieve your priorities, back on the timelines and back on the budgets that make that all happen. This works for both the business. This works for your home life. We want to reflect. We want to reorganize. The third part, and that's very, very powerful here, is to reload. You want to reload. 
And this might be sometimes where I'll do this over a couple of days. So I'll take time to reflect and I'll journal. I'll meditate. I'll think. I'll go for walks. And I chew on some things. And then, like we talked about, whether it's pictures and videos, go through your phone and go back to the start of the year. Do that reflection. And as you start to reflect, some thoughts start to pop up. You do your reorganization, and that's a little more gritty now, and you're getting down into your priorities and where am I at and kind of retooling and getting your space organized. But now, as you talk about reloading, it's about reanalyzing the goals you set for last year, what you achieved, what you didn't achieve, the goals you didn't achieve, why you didn't achieve them. Were they really that much of a priority? Or did you have all you needed to go get it? Did you have the resources and the tools you needed to go and achieve those goals? Are you in a different place now where maybe that goal is achievable? Did you write a goal that you thought you would do in a year when it was really a five-year goal? You know, something like that. So the first thing you want to reload with is your goals. Goals need to be in writing. Goals that are in writing are seven times more likely to come to pass than goals that are just in the mind. In the past 20 years, I've had the privilege of training over 3 million people in 37 countries. And every time I teach in any kind of structured format, I will have people write physical goals. This was the first main change in my life. When I got exposed to the process, I remember the day, I remember where I was, I remember who I was with, the first time I ever heard about written goals. And I remember writing those goals, and I remember those goals taking a hold of me. Jim Rohn says, first you go to work on your goals, then your goals go to work on you. And I remember the first time that ever happened. All I know is, if you want to have a great year next year, you've got to have some goals in mind. And if you want to increase your chances of those goals coming to pass, by 700%, write them down. Write them down. A lot of people feel tension over that, or they feel stress over that. Again, it's a powerful process. But committed to writing, have them where you can see them. A lot of times I'll encourage people to even make a goal board sometimes of some of the pictures and visuals that reflect not only the things they're trying to achieve, but the sense and the feelings that will come from those achievements. Very, very powerful indeed. The next piece we want to reload with is with preparation. Bobby Unser, the famous NASCAR driver, said, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. When you start writing out your goals, you need to prepare to go and achieve these goals. You have to start asking yourself some questions. What do I need? Next thing, who do I need? Who can help me? How long is this going to take? How much is this going to cost? What's it going to require of me? Are there sacrifices that I have to make? Then the next piece is um, another Alex Lackeyism is what's called reverse scheduling. So let's say you set a deadline out for a goal to be achieved by a certain date. You then make a list of all the things that need to be done in order to achieve that goal as best as you can ascertain right now. It's not always that clean because sometimes there's steps you don't know what needs to happen. But just as best you can, you write down those steps. What does it take to achieve this goal? And then you start going, okay, how long would it take to do each one of these steps? How much will it cost? Then you start laying those steps down, and you start with the date in mind. When I do this reverse scheduling, a lot of times I'll find out that, oh my gosh, when I lay out all the steps that I need to take, I actually am behind already. Now, sometimes it means, okay, it's time to giddy up and get after it. 
Other times it means I have to push the completion date or the achievement date of this goal back. This is an unrealistic goal. Actually, this is 18 months or 24 months or 36 months. Sometimes that's the case, and that's okay too. And if that's the case, you just need a milestone that you need to hit for this year so that there's still a level of internal accountability there, okay? So preparation is the key. Success is when preparation and opportunity meet. Don't just set a goal and make it a wish list. What are all the steps it will take to achieve that goal? What do I need to do? How long is that going to take? How much is that going to cost? And you start laying those steps down. And you start with the end in mind. You come back to where you are now. Sometimes you find out, hmm, I should have started this a while ago. Or I need to push out the date. Lastly, uh, support. You know, I run a coaching organization. And we help people. We coach people. We support people all day long. I am not a self-made millionaire. And I actually don't know that I've ever met one. I've met people who've forgotten how many people helped them on their way up. I've certainly met some of those characters. But I'll tell you that truly the most successful people I've ever had in my life will tell you of all the people who helped them. Whether it's the books they read and the things they listened to or the classes they took or mentors and coaches and people like that. What I'm going to share with you is that we all need help. I love John Wayne and I love symbols of the great American West. But I can tell you this, John Wayne didn't get there by himself. That's the idealism that people think, I've got to do it myself. Human beings do better together. Human beings do better with support. By the way, you try it on your own, it'll take you a lot longer, it'll be a lot harder road. There's no prize for that. There's no, oh yeah, you made a million, but uh, you did it by himself. So congratulations, here's the sticker. No, it just took five years longer. Congratulations, you, you lost 30 pounds, but it took you five years instead of taking you a year and a half. There's no prize. So the only thing that has to be laid down is, in order to get support, is pride has to be laid down and humility has to be picked up. You know, the farmers understand this concept, that when they go to plant their seeds in order for massive growth, they have to plow a field. And when you plow a field, it's basically a knife that goes six to nine inches down into the soil, and they do what's called turn the soil. They dig down into the dirt, and they take the soil that's six to nine inches down, and they turn it up on top. That soil is called humus. What's happened is, over time, that the water and the erosion is that all the nutrients and the most fertile soil is in six to nine inches down. And so when they turn the soil upside down, they now take the most fertile soil and put it on top. Well, what I find is that humility is the same way. And humus is the root word for humility in the Greek. Sometimes your life gets turned upside down. Sometimes you've had a six to nine inch knife go through your heart and through your life and turn your life upside down. Now what happens is now you have the most fertile soil is now on the top. Well, I've decided over time, I've been a guy who's been humbled many a time in my life, and I've had an interesting life, to say the least. And I now try to volunteer the soil up front. I now try to turn the soil myself, rather than waiting for something to kind of turn my world upside down. I try to lead with humility. And I try to seek out the support. And I'm a guy who's not comfortable in receiving. I'm far more comfortable in giving. But I have learned over time that I need people's help. And the more readily I lean into that, the better I do. 
So here's a couple of different ways to get support. Motivation, inspiration, and accountability. Motivation. You know, a lot of people, they poo-poo motivation. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say, people say motivation doesn't last. Neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. You know what? You know why we need motivation? Because it wears off. It's supposed to, just like bathing. It's not a permanent thing. Motivation is a temporary emotional state or energetic state. And what I find is in order to be motivated, I have to constantly put myself in that state, in that environment. I need to listen to the content, read the books, be around the people, listen to the music, do the things that motivate me all the time. Not once in a while, all the time. The next piece is inspiration. Inspiration is that which comes from the inside and moves its way to the outside. What inspires you? I know what inspires me. What inspires you? To put yourself in a situation where you become inspired richly inspired so now you have motivation and inspiration and inspiration is that deeper deeper thing that pulls it from the inside to the outside and then lastly is accountability we all need accountability now we all know that but everybody wants accountability until they get it the fact is you got to be humble enough to embrace accountability reach out for accountability you set a goal whether you have a buddy that goes on the journey with you, a partner, a loved one, a coach, a mentor, somebody. We all need accountability. And uh, for all the great tech that exists, and you can have all the apps that are out there, nothing holds a person accountable like another person. And that is really where the magic happens. That's why I tell our coaches, no matter what apps and snaps come out in years to come, nothing pulls potential out of another human being like another human being and so over this holiday season and i want to wish all of you a merry christmas and a great holiday season whatever holidays you celebrate i hope you take a little bit of time and give yourself a gift a gift that can be better than any gift you might have ever received and it's the gift to take time to reflect time to reorganize and time to reload and if you'll do those three things, I believe you'll come out the start of next year, guns a-blazing, ready to go, ready to take the world by storm. I know I am. I'm looking forward to my time, and I'm looking forward to spending my time next year with all of you. Brian mentioned three ways to get ready for the new year, and we wanted to gift you with a worksheet that will provide a space to reflect, reorganize, and reload. You can download it at thebrianbuffinishow.com slash insiders. If you're not an insider, you can join there as well and then grab the resource. Thanks for listening today. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. And to close our show, I'll leave you with Brian's mum, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.